0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit will guide me. If you read with me from John chapter sixteen, Gospel of John chapter sixteen, starting from verse five but now I go away to Him who sent me, and none of you asks me where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow have filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I got my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them however when he the spirit of truth has come He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Glory be to God forever. Amen. So when the Lord Jesus Christ This actual dialogue happened on Thursday night after the Lord gave them communion and before going to Gethsemane to be arrested. So when the Lord told them about his ascension to heaven, when he told them, I will go to my father, all the disciples became sorrowful. And the Lord said to them, as we read together, uh, because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. And of course, we expect this. After spending three years with the Lord Jesus Christ, listening to his teaching, and then the Lord will tell them, You will see me no, you will see me no more, I will go to my Father. Definitely, sorrow filled their heart. But then the Lord told to them Nevertheless I tell you the truth It is to your advantage that I go away It is to your advantage that I go away And he gave explanation why He told to them For if I don't go away The helper will not come to you But if I depart I will send him to you So in other words the Lord said to them it's better for you that I ascend because if I don't ascend I cannot send you the Holy Spirit so here actually we have and I have two questions for you when we think about it if the Lord Jesus Christ is still with us here on earth and we can go to him and meet him listen to his teaching asking him questions, definitely this will be something very, very good. But the Lord said, no. It is to your advantage that I leave you and I to the Father. And he said, because if I don't go to the Father, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. Which implies, that, implies two things. One thing actually, it's better for us to have the Holy Spirit not to have Jesus Christ with us living on earth as he lived in those three years. And it implies also that he must ascend to send the Holy Spirit. If he did not ascend, he cannot send the Holy Spirit. And when we ask, why not? What's preventing him from sending the Holy Spirit? on earth? So can anyone ask, answer these two questions? Why it is to our advantage to have the Holy Spirit? And the second thing, why Jesus Christ cannot send the Holy Spirit unless he has sent to heaven? Here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go. You can't You Uh-huh. We can enjoy the hurt and God without the Holy Spirit. No, but that's a the story. It sin. The Spirit, what he did before he's <laughs> a <laughs> sin. What? If the Lord Jesus Christ is with us physically, as, as he lived, Who would be in Jerusalem, right? So in order, in order to see him, we need to travel to Jerusalem and see him and come back. Cannot, and Jerusalem cannot actually uh, have the whole people in the whole world there. So all the people who live in Jerusalem who will enjoy him, right? But when God sent the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is abiding in each one of us. As St. Paul said, you are at the temple of God, and the Holy Spirit abides in you. So we have God inside us. Besides also, Jesus Christ, his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. So he came with us in a mystical way. In the liturgy and communion, we have with us the body of the blood of Jesus Christ. There is a hymn we chanted during the distribution called the Oyuk. In this hymn, we say that the cherubim and seraphim stand around your throne and they cannot see you because with wait they cover their faces. But we, can see you every day on the altar. So the Shalveen and can cannot behold him, but we can behold him every day on the altar when we celebrate the leadership. Not only we behold him, but when we eat his body and drink his blood, we become one with him. But this takes us to the second question. Why he has to ascend to send the holy Spirit? In the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, chapter 16, the high priest enters into the Holy of the Holies once a year. And there is certain ritual to that day. And he doesn't enter without blood. He must offer an annual sacrifice and took the blood and enter. And this day is called, the atonement day, or kippur day, day of kippur, which means an mm-hmm. Arabic Kafir, human kaffar. So St. Paul said, this right is just a symbolic. Jesus Christ has to ascend into the heaven of heavens in order to pave the way for us into the heaven of heavens and to enter by blood but not with blood of animals but by his own blood enter into the heaven of heavens and by entering by his own blood into the heaven of heavens he opened the door for us then he can ascend to us Holy Spirit which I want to explain that ascension is an essential element in our salvation. Many of us will think that salvation ended by resurrection. No. The salvation, economy of salvation ended by the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, St. Paul answered this in Romans chapter 8. is interceding on our behalf by his blood in heaven. So anyone who commits a sin, if he comes and repents and confesses his sin and takes communion, the blood of Jesus that's in the heaven of heavens will intercede on our behalf. And then our sins will be dismissed. Any charges against us be dismissed. And the Lord cannot send the Holy Spirit unless the whole economy of salvation be fulfilled. And the last a step in the economy of salvation is to enter into the heaven of heaven by his own blood, as St. Paul explained in Hebrews chapter 9 and chapter 10. So, so the Lord to them, the Holy Spirit, it's better. It's your advantage that I go to heaven in order to fulfill the economy of salvation. And thus, I will send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will abide in you. You are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit abiding in you. Then the Lord spoke about four works for the Holy Spirit. Four things the Holy Spirit does for us. The first thing He convicts us. Fifth, second thing He teaches us. Third thing He sanctifies us. Fourth he uh, comforts us he's called the Comforter that's why we the first of the Apostle we celebrate this by saying he ascended into heaven and he sent us the Holy Spirit spirit of truth and comfort let's discuss these four works of the Holy Spirit number one he convicts us. As the Lord said, He convicts us on three things sin, righteousness, and judgment. us? Hmm? And teaches, teach us, is a good for your comfort. and convicts us. I <laughs> mean. Let's speak about convicts us. He convicts us on three things, as the Lord said. On sin, on righteousness, and on judgment. Let's understand this. On sin, as I said in the sermon this morning, when I am tempted to do so, the Holy Spirit tells me this is wrong. I'm sure all of us will experience this. When I'm tempted to do something wrong, I hear a voice in my heart, no, that's wrong. You should not do it. But sometimes we resist this voice. We are resisting the Holy Spirit. But if we obey and listen to the Holy Spirit, then actually this will protect us, and this will Guarantee to us, if we listen to the Holy Spirit, this guarantee to us our salvation. Convicts us on righteousness. Righteousness means right thing. Righteousness right. Right acts. So when there is opportunity to do something good, the Holy Spirit will tell you, go ahead with this person. Give money to this person. Visit this sick person go and ask about this person in prison. So the Holy Spirit always, always will remind me to do right things. And of judgment means if you forget that there is a judgment day and you will stand before God and you will give account as you heard today in the gospel the Lord taught us every idle word You will give account about it in the Judgment Day. So sometimes Satan casts doubt our hearts about the Judgment Day. Maybe there is no Judgment Day. But the Holy Spirit will remind me, if Satan is judged, and Satan was our angel, not just anything else, our does a very, very high rank. Who are just dust from the earth, who we were created from the dust. So if the archangel, when he disobeyed God, he was judged, then judgment is true and we will be judged and we will give account even for any idle word. So of sin, as I told you, the Holy Spirit will tell me, this is wrong, you should not do it." But the Lord Jesus Christ actually he explained to us what is the major sin what is the root of all sins when he told us he will convict the world of sin because they do not believe in me this is actually the root of all sins if we don't believe in Jesus Christ how can you be saved if you don't believe in Jesus and Jesus is the way is the only way to heaven. No one can go to the Father except Jesus. That's why the root of all sins is to deny the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why when Sanasius Sin- explained the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, he said the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is not to believe that Jesus is God. To deny that Jesus is the Savior of the world, that's a blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And this is a major sin. It is the root of all sins. And of righteousness, the Lord told us, because I've to my Father. But don't worry, the Holy Spirit will teach you, will convict you to do the right things While the Lord Jesus Christ was living with the people, he was telling them what are the right things that they should do. But when he ascended, he sent us the Holy Spirit to tell us about what are the right things that we should do. And of judgment, as I explained to you, judgment because the the prince of this world, who is the prince of this world? Satan. Was judged. So if Satan was judged, and Satan was an archangel. Definitely, if we don't walk righteously, we will be judged in the last day. The second point, the Holy Spirit teaches us. Teaches us. By the first point, he convicts us. Second point, he teaches us. How the Holy, teach, the Holy Spirit teaches us. Number one, the Holy Spirit will teach me through the voice in my heart, the Holy Spirit will speak in my heart. We have something called conscience. Conscience that is in everyone. But the conscience is developed by what? By upbringing, by the culture in which I am living. So for example, if I am living in a very conservative culture, this will be different than if I am living in a liberal culture. So the conscience, not all the time, is right. And there are three types of conscience. There is a strict conscience and there is a permissive conscience and there is a conscience that is anointed by the Holy Spirit. A strict conscience means He will tell you about things that are sinful although they are not sinful in the eyes of God. Right? For example, strict conscience will tell you it is sin to get married. In, in, in the eyes of that, it's sacrament, holy, and sanctified. The strict conscience will tell you it is sinful to eat uh, meat and, and seafood, etc. But in the eyes of that, it's not sinful. That's the strict conscience. It's a pervasive conscience that actually tells you about things that are simple they are not. Like for example, premarital uh, sex, tell you nothing wrong in it. That's pervasive conscience. Like drinking and dancing and drugs. That's a pervasive conscience. When the conscience tells you nothing wrong with this. But there is a conscience, actually is led by the Holy Spirit, anointed by the Holy Spirit. That is, when we are baptized and we receive the Holy Spirit, then our conscience is anointed by the Holy Spirit. Yes, sometimes when we resist the Holy Spirit, our conscience can turn into message or into a strict. But Those who listen to the Holy Spirit and don't resist the voice of the Holy Spirit, their conscience will be anointed by the Holy Spirit. So how the Holy Spirit teaches us? Number one, through our conscience. Especially when our conscience is anointed by the Holy Spirit. Number two, by the Word of God. Because every single word in the Scripture is written by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, not a single word came by the will of man, but the holy man of God spoke and inspired by the Holy Spirit. So every single word in the scripture is written by the Holy Spirit. We have actually more than 38,000 different denominations. And they are using the same book. So what is the problem here? If we are using the same book, why you have different belief system? It's because of the interpret interpretation of the Bible. So maybe we read the same text, but if we have different interpretation of the scripture, then we we'll have different belief system. That's why, you know, the first split in the church happened in year. 451 Before 451 all the world understood the scripture in the same way So when there is a verse in the scripture the Protestant interprets in a certain way and the Catholic interprets in a certain way and the Orthodox interprets in another way Which way is right? Maybe you were wrong they are right so we need to go to early Church Fathers and to see how they interpret it. If they interpret it like us, then we are right, and they are wrong. If they interpret it like the Protestant or Catholic, maybe you are wrong, and they are right. So what I'm trying to tell you, it's important to study early Church Fathers. When I was in your age, Early church fathers were not available to us in Arabic, in our language. And the English was difficult for us because it's old English. Besides, it was one was not available. For example, if you want to buy the anti series, the 38 books, at our time was very, very expensive. Many, many people cannot afford it. But now in your age, Many, many books of early church fathers are available online for free. The 38 volumes are available online for free. Many writings of early church fathers were written in an easy English to read, and they are available. So you have no excuse to say, I cannot read. You waste your time in games, you waste your time in uh, social media. What about take a few hours from this time that's wasted and feed your mind? As food is the nourishment of of our body, reading is the nourishment of our mind. And please don't read about early church father but read early church fathers. What do I mean? Maybe I, I am an author, and I tell you, some of said so, and sincere sit said so. So are, you are reading the interpretation of Amba Yusuf about what they were saying. That's reading about it. But I want you to read the text by early church fathers, what they wrote. And definitely, you need to give priority to an fathers, father who you are our father, like St. Thomas and St. Cyril. And the Holy Spirit teaches us through early Church Fathers. So the first avenue is the conscience. Second one, the Bible. Third one is early Church Fathers. First one is discipleship. Each one of us have a spiritual father and our church is a church of discipleship. You will be impressed when you read one like St. Cyril, whom we are considered a great church father. And St. Cyril says in many of his writings, our fathers said so and so. Our fathers, he is referring to those who are before him, which means it's a church of disciples. So we are we are disciples, disciples of Christ, and disciples to our Father who taught us the faith. So the Holy Spirit speaks to us also through our fathers, the spiritual fathers. So the Holy Spirit teaches us through our conscience, through the Word of God, through early Church Father, and through our spiritual Father. Number five, through the liturgical text. Pay attention to what's written in the Agbaya, in the psalm, in the liturgy book. In all the liturgical prayers, you will find many explanation of the scripture in this liturgical prayers. For example, I told you now how important the Lord Jesus Christ to ascend to heaven in order to complete the cycle of salvation. I will tell you something written only in the liturgical books, in the fraction of right side. When he said that Jesus Christ ascended into the heaven, the place which no one with human nature can enter. So, what's important of this verse or this statement? If heaven is the place no human enter can enter, can, can no human nature can enter, can universe enter? But Jesus Christ is God who became man, who took our human nature. When he ascended to heaven, can anybody stop him and tell him, you cannot enter because now you have a human nature? Of course not, because he is God. So now you understand what God did. It is impossible for a human nature to go there. So he came and he took our humanity, and he entered in order to pave the way as he entered with our human nature then in him we can enter into the of him this is just an example about the importance of the liturgical text you need to pay attention when you attend the church or you praise the psalmody or you praise the Egbeyan you need to pay attention to all these texts these texts actually have many explanations but if I don't pay attention to it I will miss the point. So, he's teaching us through the conscience. He's teaching us through the writings of the Father. He's teaching to us through the scripture. He's teaching to us through my spiritual father and teaching me through the liturgical text and the prayers of the church. Okay. In to so, what are the rules of the Holy Spirit in our life? Mm-hmm. Are you asking? Are the the Comfort us. We go things. ask you for that name. I have come with me, And it's your horse, I say. God, God, teaches us An old Hmm? The, word of the Word of God, Word of God, the, word when we the Church father, Fathers, the Church Fathers, the Spiritual we'll father, the Church of Fathers, the Church of Fathers, the Church of Fathers, the Church the Church we go the Church uh, different steps our step is justification second step sanctification third step glorification justification like a person there are many charges against him so for all these charges to be dropped the justification. So justification is to drop all these charges against us. Sanctification is to make us holy in the image of God in the likeness of God. If a justification to drop the charges sanctification is to make us holy. Glorification is to participate in the glory of God. Here on earth, but in a complete way, in eternal life. We will be glorified with him. And this whole around the sins, that what to mean by glorification. Glorification. These three steps are not consecutive, means Justification is finished, now I will go this second step, then I will. But they go hand in hand. They are like spiral together. I don't need to, to think about them in a linear way, no. For example, if I commit sin and hard, I need justification and, and so on. So justification starts in baptism. Because baptism we are charged with so many sins. If we are baptized, we are other. But even our children, we are charged with the original sin. But in baptism, all these charges are dropped, and we are justified. Then, after baptism, immediately, we are anointed by the holy oil to be sanctified, to have the seal of God me. So God will say the seal, if you have a seal and you put it in your book, means this book is mine, belongs to me. Right? So God when he puts his seal on me, this seal actually, as if God said, these people are mine, they are my children. That's why he gives us his name, Christ and we are called Christians. So we are anointed by the Holy Spirit by, by in 36 places to actually sanctify every single uh, area in our life. When we live our life and we fall in sin, then justification and sanctification will happen. In confession and repentance, we are justified. Then when we come to communion, and we eat of his body and drink his his blood and become with him. We become sanctified. And the more we are sanctified, or living a holy life, the more we are glorified. When actually you meet holy people, like for example, those who met Pope Krolus, uh, they felt in this a special uh, something special about. when you meet him uh, and you feel this this is the glory that God gives to his children you feel that there is a hole of glory around you although you don't see it by your eyes but you can feel it in his presence but the ultimate glorification will be in heaven as St. Paul said, if we suffer the same, can our course be glorified? So what I'm trying to say is the Holy Spirit works with us in the process of justification, sanctification, and glorification. The sacraments of the church, baptism, my own confession, repentance, and communion, this sacrament actually work toward our sanctification. Be holy, as I am holy. So the Holy Spirit sanctified us, makes us holy visit. When we have a church, we do what we call consecration. Consecration means sanctification. It's the same way. Consecration means we make this separate because it belongs to God. Sanctification means the same So can I use the altar to be like a table and eat on it? Can I bring the beta and the chalice and drink tea and them? cook as you can? Why? Because they are belonging to God. Belonging to God. I cannot do this business. So if the vessels are just our vessels belonging to God, I give them this honor and respect. How much more we, who are the body of Christ, we need actually to value our bodies and our minds and our thoughts, because we belong to God, the seal of God is on us. My arms is sanctified. I cannot see something bad. My ears is sanctified. I cannot listen to something wrong. And so on. Your body, your thoughts, your mind, your conscience, your heart now belongs to the Lord. There is a seal on them. So don't actually uh, mess up with the process of your sanctification. Because we need to be holy in order to inherit the kingdom of God. And the last role of the Holy Spirit is to comfort us. The Holy Spirit is called the comforter. Our life here on earth, whether you like it or not, we will face suffering. If we faced suffering before, maybe now God is giving us some time to rest relief. Or if we are in the rest of relief right like now, maybe in the future we will suffer. But nobody actually will not suffer on earth. Nobody will not suffer on earth. All of us. Whether believers or non-believers. Whether believers or non-believers. But we the believers, we have advantage over the non-believers. This advantage that we have the Comforter, the Holy Spirit with us. So when we go through difficult time, if actually we listen to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give us peace. Although we are in a very, very difficult time, but the Holy Spirit gives us peace. In 2 Corinthians 1, St. Paul speaks about a great tribulation that faces them. To the extent that he said, there is no hope in our life we will die but then God comforted them and delivered him from this trial that's why St. Paul said he, he delivered us and he delivers us in the present tense in whom we trust that he will deliver us in the bible study yesterday I spoke about David and how while he was still in the middle of tribulation, he spoke in the past tense, and he said, God has redeemed my soul, in the past tense. Although, yet God did not redeem his soul. But the peace that he felt inside his heart, the comfort, actually, this uh, helped him to go through this difficult time during this fast of the apostle we are celebrating the descent of the Holy Spirit that's why in every divine liturgy at the end we say let us praise the name of the Lord for we glory he was glorified he ascended into heaven and ascended the ascended the Spirit of truth and comfort the church here is telling us now we have the advantage of having the Holy Spirit in us you are the temple of God, and the Holy Spirit provides you in you. And these are the rules of the Holy Spirit in our life. teaches us, convict us, sanctify us, and comfort us. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit inside you. Rather, kindle, stir up the gift of the Spirit in you. You will be sanctified you will be holy, you will be glorified. Glory be to God forever (laughs) and ever. Amen.